It's the Building Code. I'm Zach Watovich. And I'm Charlie Bertwistle. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have Katie Brown of our data and research team. She's going to come on and tell us a little bit about what that entire department does. Charlie, you're technically part of the data and research team. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on the uh, data science side of thing, and then we have the uh, data research side of things on the other side of the house. So super excited to hopefully kind of nerd out with Katie a little bit. Oh, uh, no. A fellow CB, Charlie Bertwistle, Katie Brown. Uh, we're kind of linked in that aspect well too. What's Zach going to do on this podcast? Hey, today? this is a this is a good switch up because normally you know you're very client facing, talking about your travels as a rep and your your time on the CS floor, and I am constantly in the background in the data science you know kind of realm. So my chance to uh, connect with someone I work with. Got to flex a little bit. We're gonna try. Yeah, we're, it'll be it'll be good. We're also uh, we're filming this one for the first time ever. Um, so if we're not, oh. For those Look people, at the camera. For those people listening uh, on the, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, feel free to check us out on YouTube as well, too. Oh, it's happening. We're we're now YouTube stars. I think now that I said that, we have to do it. I we're, think last episode said that was like my primary goal. Now, this was actually my primary goal. Become a YouTube star. Yeah. Well, here we are. <laughs> Luckily, we have Katie Brown here uh, to help us get there. Uh, we do have a few timely topics linked for you guys um, in the show notes. Uh, super, super interesting stuff. The The first article really just kind of talks about uh, the labor shortage. Um, and this one kind of connects with me um, pretty closely. So my dad actually teaches building construction um, at O'Neill High School. Um, and they do actually listen to some of these episodes. It's summer right now, but if they listen to this episode, shout out O'Neill High School. We're getting it in the curriculum. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, but he, you know, the, some of the builders around that area just absolutely love his class because like it's so hard to find skilled labor. So, you know, being able to teach them, uh, you know, throughout high school, have them you know, enter the workforce with some skills um, is, you know, a, a kind of a big time game changer for the industry, at least in O'Neill, Nebraska. But uh, we do have that, you know, again, from the construction dive uh, talks about just the, the, the shortage and the, the labor shortage in the construction industry. And then the second article uh, is a little nerdy. Um, I promise I didn't pick it, but it was all about all the benefits of 5G um, and how that rolling out is going to benefit the construction industry as well, too. Well, that's something we hear a lot from our clients as far as connectivity to builder trend. Obviously, right now, it has to be connected at Internet. And a lot of people are still using on you know standard 3G, right. 4G networks. So the speed on the 5G is tremendous. This is an area I'm just personally interested in if you're standing next to a 5g tower you're going to get at home like internet speeds which makes all aspects of communication running right. a business and and operationally should make you more efficient so it is i think really relevant and pretty incredible that's an area i'd like to explore more and kind of like with construction of like you have software but like what are the other pieces that need to be part of that puzzle to make that that those things it all done. work absolutely and even like with the existing technology that's out there obviously will be improved by 5g um, but also the uh opportunity for technological advances uh, so you think about like having you know real life sensors out at the job site um right now obviously those are costly and like obviously if you're not getting good speed they're not really a whole lot of benefit to them uh but you know the decreased cost of like you know sensors and vr headsets being able to see you know walk through virtual tours of the house everything like that um that currently is being kind of held back by the you know three or four g's out there um will just kind of open up a whole new wave of technology absolutely incredible stuff 
we're always looking for more topics and things to kind of explore here on the building code. So stick with us for a diversity of things all over the place to grow and really explore kind of what's happening out there in the construction industry. Let's get Katie on here so we can get started talking about the data and research and Katie, absolutely. welcome to the building code. There she is. Great to see you. We're so happy that you could be here today in person, in person, always makes a difference. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been at Builder Trend? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me here on the podcast. And I've been at Builder Trend for about a year and a half. And seven months of that was as an intern. And now I'm full time. Where did you, what were you doing before, before you came to Builder Trend? My background is in psychology. So prior to Builder Trend, I was getting my master's in that. And I studied, or I researched specifically how people make decisions in moments of uncertainty, which I feel like applies to construction sometimes. Um, but yeah. How am I going to get this house built? <laughs> yeah. It, it was super interesting too. I remember Katie, you and I talked about this before, uh, where you're kind of deciding, do I want to go academia? Do I want to go into industry? Um, and some of the pros and cons of, you know, going on to get your PhD versus, you know, going straight into the workforce. How do you feel that, uh, decision has played out over the past, you know, year and a half. I am so happy. Like, yeah. I really love what I do. I think I am meant to be in, in an applied environment where the work that I do has impact directly on real life people in their day to day. So it's um, really meaningful work. Yeah. For sure. And let's, you know, dive into that. Obviously, in the intro, we gave everyone a little bit of heads up about what you did. Uh, but tell us more specifically, kind of high level overview, you know, what is data and research? Um, what are some of your like day to day um, tasks? And, and what is being a researcher um, here at Billertrain kind of entail? Yeah, so we I'm one of about seven people on the research team. And so that's under the data and research umbrella. Um, and I guess a day-to-day might be having a Zoom call with builders, um, asking them questions, maybe having them look over a survey or maybe designing a survey, like deciding what questions we're gonna ask. Um, We're getting one of those ready to send out pretty soon. Or um, just meeting with other members of the research team and kind of collaborating, talking about what we've learned lately, things like that. Absolutely. Um, I, I always get so jealous hearing you guys talk about talking to customers. I feel like probably a lot of our listeners have had some contact with Zach or Katie before. And then I'm just the data scientist over in the corner that I like hidden from the world. Yeah. They're like, are you the guys, are you the one who makes the program? Yeah. Like, no, not, no, it's, 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 it's not, I don't even do that. I was uh, like, what do you do here? Does yeah. he even go here? Yeah. yeah. What, what is this guy doing here? I'm not that type of nerd. Well, it's, I like that you bring up the customer, they love to talk to us, frankly. I mean, we hear from our customers all the time in the support line when we're training people, and then we have other avenues, product feedback. So I think that's where we kind of want to go with it. I mean, we try to build our trends a user-centric company. We try to base our decisions off what our customers are telling us. When you are working with a customer, can you explain what that means for our listeners? Like, why do we have a research team? What What are we trying to learn from them? Yeah, so our job is to keep the focus on the people who are actually using the program. And so as product improvements are made, we are consistently advocating for our users um, and keeping in mind who is gonna who's gonna be using this software at the end of the day. It's not, 
I don't know, a gymnastics team. Like you could. <laughs> that would be quite a one. Could be. Yeah, you could. Hey, we've got a new product for you. It's to help USA Gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. USA. Props to the sales rep to sign up really? for uh, the gymnastics team. Yeah, but it's like you could design a product for any human, but we're designing it for construction professionals. And this is, these are the concerns, the challenges, the motivations of our users. Yeah. Good. Uh, I was just going to say, like, so when you're reaching out to someone to collect this information, uh, what kind of like qualifies them? Like, how do you find people to research? Um, what would, uh, you know, what would make someone like pop up on your list of like, hey, I'm going to call out and like, you know, listen to this person's uh, conversation? Yeah. Well, usually we have some research question that is specific to some area of the program or a certain process. So we wouldn't want to ask like a, an estimator about the sales process unless they happen to do that as well. So we are looking for specific roles sometimes. Um, definitely looking for people who are like consistently using the program, um, involved in the company. Usually before we call someone, we'll go look up the company website, see what their involvement, or I guess what their specific jobs are. Um, and just get to know more about the company. So we really send out, or we reach out to a broad array of, of our customers. Yeah. Zach, are you feeling a little nervous about like our interviewed skills, hearing yeah, how much she interviews customers? We're going to be getting pointers for sure. She's I hope so. Like a memo. Hey, you just need, so you know, you need to work on this. Absolutely. Specifically. Katie, when you're meeting with your customer, how do you guys identify what projects you want to focus on? Is it customer driven or is it also, or do you guys have your own ideas? What's that process look like? How does the sausage get made? Um, so we have two different types of research that we do. Um, one would be our foundational knowledge about our users. And then the other would be product specific research. Um, so product specific research, we might be working with someone who is developing the product, designing it and, they have questions that they need answered. And so we'll work with them to um, come up with questions to ask and find customers to ask those questions to. Um, and with our foundational research, that's sort of driven by the business needs at the moment, but also kind of by our own curiosity, which is really fun. So um, I know one one person on our research team is was doing some interviews and was like, we really need to know more about subcontractors so not our customers who are subcontractors but people that are subcontractors in the system because they're also our users even though they're not our customers per se so that's also kind of what goes into being user-centric is you're thinking about everyone who's going to use the system so it's um i don't know i think it's really fun to sort of follow the trail when you get a question yeah and something I've always been super curious about is like after you have these interviews specifically for like the the project centric um, one that you're talking about, how like do you guys keep in touch with the people that you interview is like, hey, remember that idea you gave us a year ago? Like here it is now. Like we had Sean McKenna on the pod a few episodes ago and he talked about user voice and like how people could submit ideas. Is it kind of similar for you guys or is it normally once you do the interview, that's kind of the end of it? It depends. Um we so actually bill gray who is also um was on the podcast he um is someone that i had talked to about a year ago um 
And I know that he was talking about building for earthquakes. And so when someone from um, inside Bilderstam wanted to sort of do a case study on natural disasters or building for that, um, I thought of him. And so we kind of stay in contact that way. If someone has specific feedback that they bring up during an interview or if we reached out to them to them from user voice, we will follow up with them if when changes are made. Because um, usually people who reach out once like, or who respond when we reach out, like they want to be involved, they want to talk to us, and those are the best people to talk to. How do we pick the people that we want to be talking to in these researches? Are there certain parameters? You work with Charlie and Data Science to pull kind of profiling. What, what's that process look like? I mean, if we had a customer listening to this today and they're like, I want to talk to the research team, can they just get in line or what's that process? We do try to keep it a bit random. Maybe I just accidentally opened the floodgates. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my anybody home. that has any idea ever call Katie Brown. <laughs> my, at, my home yeah. phone number. No. <laughs> um, but actually, yeah, Charlie's team developed this nice dashboard where we can just point and click like who, what kind of role do we want? Where in the world they're coming from? Like all this kind of stuff. And it just spits out a list. And then we literally pick a random subset of that list because we, even though we do follow up with people, we want the information to be evergreen. So we're continually trying to find new people that we haven't talked to before. Um, and you also don't want to get like a biased sample. So if we only talk to people that had no problems with Builder Trend, we would That's never. That's who we want. <laughs> yeah. Those are our fave. We'd never get better though. So right. um, we definitely want like I said, that wide array of perspectives. And I like that, you know, we would never get better thing. And one of the questions we wanted to ask is like, how does um, the work you do help builder trend users? And I think that, I mean, I'm guilty of this. Like I get an email that says, hey, okay, we'd love five minutes to take a survey. I'm like, uh, no. Um, so maybe like this is your chance. <laughs> frankly, to, no. Frankly, uh, let me, I actually. <laughs> What's in it for me? I reply to the email, a 10 minute response. <laughs> it says no reply in the header. Uh, he's over here just shaking his face. Like. <laughs> to our listeners that may have gotten one of those emails before, maybe talk through the benefits of like, if you do talk to us, like this is how it's going to help you. Yeah. So I guess the biggest thing is product improvements. Um, when we are testing out a new feature, that might be one reason why we call um, one of our customers is we just get them in the test environment and see how they interact with it, do things make sense. Um, so you could very well see something that you test out become part of Builder Trend in your day to day. Um, another thing would be, so part of that foundational knowledge is like, so who who is a remodeler? And uh, <laughs> let's, get, let's get deep so here. Yeah. Very, yeah, very philosophical. But I not think in the right state of mind for this. <laughs> um, but like when you get to the essence of kind of the these essence. are the key aspects of the remodelers challenges and things we would we're not just hoarding that knowledge we right. pass it on to our customer support team so maybe um you know remodelers who are new customers are going to sign up and it's like we know in general of course we're going to ask about the specifics of their business but we know in general kind of how their business works we have this knowledge of this yeah, foundational knowledge already at hand. Um, and also it's it's helpful. So we might learn that, oh, this kind of builder actually really benefits from 
some part of the program. So if we make changes to that part of the program, we're going to be like, hey, marketing team, when this gets released, you need to let these people know. Um, so it's really kind of bringing a lot of different groups in Builder Trend together. It all starts asking the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I keep saying that we need merch for the for the podcast here, and I feel like a shirt that says "Who is a remodeler" <laughs> would be a fantastic one. I mean, so it's like called the building games. code, so we definitely need to keep it in theme. Our our producers are gonna absolutely be like, no marketing suggestions. <laughs> Stop trying to go to Power Thirty. Yeah, you know, all this, all this, this, these grand ideas over here on the pod. Not gonna happen. We did want to update our listeners that we will not be attending Power Thirty, <laughs> our free chip to Vale. If you remember uh, from talking to Ryan from CBOSA, we had been working that angle. Back on topic, Katie, what's the timeline of your research projects? Like, how long do these take typically, and the quantity of builders that you're talking to when you're going through your process? Yeah, we always think it won't take as long as it does. <laughs> that Classic. that is the ultimate truth. Our clients probably are like, exactly. Like that's yeah. why we can't give you yeah. a deadline. Yeah, we don't use schedules um, on our team. <laughs> it would just be uh, embarrassing. No, we. I guess we usually, a, a typical project might take a, a month to a few months. Um, so there's always like the planning stage because what you want to start out with is using all the information that you have. So we're going to work with the data team and kind of see what do we know from a numbers side of things. We're going to look at past interviews to see maybe our questions are already answered. And then from there, we're going to plan out the research activities. Cause you don't want to just like jump on a call and be like, Oh yeah. So, um, we had some questions for you. Who are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, kind of analyzing things. So usually it's like, we'll start with interviews and then we're like, you know what? We need to know this at scale. So we'll do a survey maybe. And just analyzing that, you can, you know, look at the numbers all day, but but then it a big part is translating that into like business insights that we can use. Um, and really, I know when I say business insights, it's really more about like customer, almost like like raising the customer voice throughout builder trend. It's not so much like um, about benefiting us as it is benefiting our users. Yeah, and. Uh, something you touched on there is just benefiting the other employees at Builder Trend. So whether that be, you know, CS reps downstairs, like, hey, this is what you should be talking to or how certain people interact. Obviously, on our team, on the data side, like a lot of the research that comes out of your guys's projects is like, OK, let's see if we can find this in the data now and actually, like, you know, plot these trends and like have projections around it. Um, and now we understand why we're doing it, too. It's not just all ones and zeros anymore. Yeah, definitely the the why behind the what is like right. our probably our t-shirt slogan nice there we go everybody's getting t-shirts yeah, print them. <laughs> every department's gonna have a slogan oh is that i think that's our ceo he's nodding over there uh, yeah yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys but, can't see him on camera but yeah dan houghton is right there well what i'm curious now is what have you learned what are some things that you've discovered recently that we can kind of see like what's the culminating results of your work yeah um one project that i thought was really cool was one that we did at the start of our relationship with the Home Depot's Pro Extra program. And we were wanting to know, so how do builders purchase materials? What are some general trends? And we were asking people, what is most important when it comes to purchasing materials? Is it availability? Is it quality, customer service? And how does that differ if you're ordering like lumber and building materials or finishes or kind of ad hoc purchases? 
And what we found is that for lumber and building materials and finishes, the two most important things are quality and availability. So you need to have it and it needs to be good. And the least important for those materials um, is proximity to job site. So it's kind of like you can get it delivered eventually. Interesting. But, 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 there's a twist. <laughs> when it comes to those one-off last minute ad hoc purchases, proximity to job site, <laughs> proximity to job site shoots up to the second most important, I guess, parameter in ordering along with um, availability. So it's like you go from hmm. it, you know, we'll get it to the job site. It needs to be quality and it needs to be available to, we just have to get it to the job site ASAP. So when it comes to ad hoc purchases, you're just going to go to the closest store, um, which it was just like a very distinct kind of 180 for, for those different types of building materials. Yeah. I wonder what that that journey's like, yeah, we're good. We're good. Oh God, we forgot. We got to right. go get it now. Yeah. You know? Like sheetrock ASAP. Yeah. Go. Well, something happened. Super interesting. Mm -hmm. And that was research that was kind of on our side with the Home Depot partnership, or is that something we were looking into before that? I mean, it was, it just... was something that we were um, looking into as that partnership began to yeah. sort of understand how our builders approach purchasing. Cause that's kind of one of the benefits of the, the partnership with Home Depot Pro Extra. Yeah. What else? What are some other things that maybe you've you've worked on just to kind of give uh, a little bit more context of what type of impact you guys are having? Mm -hmm. So something more product related. I was working closely with a team that was focused on communication in Builder Trend. And part of that, we, we had a recurring survey where we'd ask a few people every month um, to indicate what they thought about how, how builder trend was useful for communication between office and field. Um, and then we wanted to see, okay, so the people who say builder trend is good for communication, what parts of the program are they really using a lot of? We're thinking, okay, probably messages, probably comments, maybe to do's, but the two parts of the program that stood out as people who say we're good for communication, they're actually using bid packages um, and selections that have vendors and installers on them. So we interpreted that as it's not so much sending out a communication, but already having that information in place. So people already know what they need to know, and you don't need to call the installer and make sure that he's going to be there tomorrow. It's like he already knows. It's, he's on the selection, and that's on the schedule, and it's all tied together. Does that kind of uh, vibe with what you've heard down in the CS room, Zach? Like, I probably would have guessed you had to do schedule something like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I think about just the bidding process, it needs to be, what am I actually asking for and how much is that going to cost? And it's not so much like the back and forth on the bid that is the communication. It's the bid itself. You know, right. they're looking for an answer and we're delivering it through the system, you know? And so we always have that old cliche on the sale or on the CS floor. Builder Trend is a communication tool and it can be the obvious ones, but there's a lot of ways. A purchase order is another way. It's like, okay, after bidding, now I'm sending you the official final contract. That's a form of communication to be like, this is what I'm going to pay you. Right. You know? And so there's these subtle nuances of how these interactions happen, but within the actual features that we offer. And it happens in a lot of, it doesn't surprise me in selections either. And mm -hmm. it, it kind of goes back to your original point too of like, you know, 
researching subcontractors because they are our users, right? Like obviously the communication goes two ways with subs and vendors and installers and things like that. They may not be the, you know, GC using Builder Trend, uh, but they're still involved in the process. So understanding that workflow and is streamlined and easy for them, obviously is super critical to the products as well too. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess with that sub-research, just a quick shout-out to Catherine Fritzland. She's the one, another user researcher on our team who's working on that. And Heck, yeah. Shout-out, Catherine. Yeah, she's our newest member of the research team. Um, for now, we have another person starting rapid, tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> Everything's always changed, always adding more people. And one thing that's really funny on the subs, I've actually talked to clients who their subs are better Builder Trend users collectively. Like They're like, I need my GC to get better at Builder Trend because it helps right. me so much. So it's interesting, like from a collaboration standpoint, how like the the auxiliary people can actually force the the main contractor to step it up, man. You have to update do it. your yeah. schedule. I've yeah. heard, uh, yeah, someone on my team, Kayla, shout out Kayla Schmidt. We're uh, just going for <laughs> free shout outs, yeah, left yeah. and right. <laughs> she just bought uh, a house, and their builder was a Builder Trend user. And so obviously she works at Builder Trend. She knew all the capabilities of it. She's like, he'd email her a list of selections and choices. And she was like, is there any way you could just like update this in Builder Trend? I could just like do it in there. He's like, oh no, we actually don't use that. <laughs> and she was like, well, maybe I need to like go to the CS rep and have a, a quick call hey, here with hey, this builder. So this set up. that's super funny. Well, Katie, we really appreciate your time. We're about out of it, but thank you so much for coming in and talking about the research team. This was really enlightening and and we're excited to announce you're going to be back with reoccurring segments yeah. to kind of keep us informed so that Charlie and I, A, stay on task, <laughs> stay on topic. And we continue to kind of pull what we're learning about our customers back into the podcast. We're really excited to, to continually meet with you and talk about these topics. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Well, Katie, again, thanks again. Um, Zach, welcome to my world of data and research. What were your thoughts? Well, I actually do find the stuff pretty interesting. The why, what is a remodeler? Why do they work this right. way? So like getting into the psychology, it was really interesting that that was her background. It makes a lot of sense. I almost asked her like, have you been on any podcast when you were in getting your master's or whatever? So, you know, I think we're, we're doing all right. Right. It is, uh, the psychology background is really interesting. There's actually a few um, of the researchers on that team that came from, you know, that same sort of background, just trying to figure out, you know, why people, what makes people click and, connecting the dots, which for me, uh, as a very quantitative analyst, uh, is perfect because what good is like spotting some trend, um, or s being able to forecast some events if you don't know why it's happening or what are you going to do about it? So the kind of the collaboration between the, the data science and the data research team, uh, is really, really you guys impactful. are technically the same department. Correct. Yep. We work side by side. Yeah, so daily stand up I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. It's just really interesting when, I started Builder Trend. We were just getting the data team set up, mm -hmm. and then it grew to a research team, right? Where did, did the research team come first, and then it led? No. Data? So the the research team has really been developed in like a little over um, a year and a half yeah. or so. So uh, I was the first kind of data analyst at Builder Trend three years ago. Uh, we've since well, we grew the team to probably four or five about a year ago, and then we brought on Jordan Becker, uh, who heads up that department. There, you know, seven or eight people now. We're eight people now. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a, a really fun ride, and the uh, the research side of things has really just taken us to the next level. Yeah, like it just paints such a big, clear picture for me of the whole process of how do we actually create the best product, the best experience, and the and get the best overall picture of who our customers are. In the past, 
our old process was like you'd call in, you'd talk to a rep that may or may not get to the right person. But now we have this, this systemized, we have a research team who's coming up with questions, really trying to dive into the psychology of our customers and what they're looking for. I'm sure they do a lot of work with our customers, even just on that, at the individual level, like here's how the program should work. Also just what is my industry doing? What right. are we missing? How, what is a gap that we're not even thinking of yet from the people that are doing it? That gets to the product team, right. the product team builds it. You guys are doing the reporting about the impact of that product right. and the journey of our customers who are using our product. And then it's just a big circle and then sales obviously continues to sell it. And that just kind of feeds the funnel. Yeah. And I feel like a few, we've had a few guests on here that have talked about just like how much they enjoy the fact that Builder Trend listens to them. And like, we're not just like, well, I'm not, I'm saying we, like our product team isn't just like making this up because they think it's impactful. Like we build the product that we build because we hear it from the best builders in the nation and around the world. Um, so I think that's the really cool part about Builder Trend is like, and why it's so successful is because we're actually listening. Well, we, again, people like Katie are actually listening to the customers, hearing what they want and how it should be done. And then we actually implement those findings. So yeah, Builder Trend would collapse without Katie Brown. Specifically. Specifically. And she's going to love hearing that. Absolutely. Print the t-shirt. Uh, build a trend would collapse without Katie Brown. Uh, yeah. Well, and like we said, we're going to bring her back. She's going to be a recurring guest. Super yep. excited to kind of have a rotating group of people that are going to help. We've got a great team here at Builder Trend. Hopefully these episodes give you some insight to how we do things. Just like your company, we're still, you know, growing, doing things differently, trying new things. But I think we get it right most of the time and we're really moving in a great direction. So it's awesome to have people like Katie to, to kind of learn from. Absolutely. I think that about does it for this episode. Yeah. Catch us next time on the building code. I'm Zach Latovich. I'm Charlie Burt Whistle. We'll see ya.